Welcome to another episode of Sustainable Goat. I'm Steve Kassenham, and I interview the greatest of all time in sustainability from the past, present, and into the future. In this episode, we talk with Jennifer Gorn, founder of Impact Growth Partners. If you've ever wondered how to become B Corp certified, Jen and her team are here to help. As a whole, the decision to become B Corp certified is so much bigger than just putting a label on your product or website. It is a commitment to running a business that is taking action around environmental and social impact. Jen has a great story of taking her investment banking knowledge and passion for sustainability and using that to help companies make the world a better place. So let's jump right into the conversation. I figured we'd just dive in and I'd love to learn, just learn a little bit about more, you know, where you originally come from. What's, what's your life look like? In the sustainability space, I actually don't come from a sustainability background. I come from a more traditional business background. I, after college, I worked in um, uh, for a market research firm called Pension in Berlin, where we did corporate market research as well as political consulting, which was a lot of fun. Um, I really liked the discipline. I liked the team. I liked the clients we worked with. But what I discovered during some work with clients in the C-suite was that, wow, what's really driving the decisions, we can say as much as we want about marketing, but what's driving the decisions is finance, and I knew nothing about that. So I'm like, okay, I better go to business school and learn a little about finance and do what all of my friends after college did, which was work in investment banking, which is you know one of those crazy jobs, especially right after college, where you work a million hours a week. After business school, it wasn't quite so bad. I, it definitely worked really, really hard, but I actually enjoyed it quantitative perspective and intellectual perspective. You are learning a lot. It exposes you to so much. And so I did that for about 10 years, working with media and telecom companies, first in the UK and then in the US, helping them raise capital. In the equity markets, a lot of debt offerings, um, also mergers, um, some IPOs. So across the board, I worked with companies that were on the smaller side, $300 million valuation to multi-billion dollar companies. Uh, and that was an exciting career. And it feels like a long time ago now, interesting to talk about. But um, then when we moved out to Westport, Connecticut, I realized the commute into the city with two little kids just wasn't going to work. So I did some nonprofit consulting. And when I decided I wanted to get back to the paid workforce, I wanted to kind of merge the two. And interestingly, when I was in the traditional business world, it was more common than any way to think this way, but it still holds true in a lot of the traditional business world. My view was that profits were for business and everything else was for philanthropy, NGOs. Um, business didn't have, have to have an impact. And yeah, so I've done a complete 180. I completely disagree with that now. And that is what my work is dedicated to now. Um, so after working with some nonprofits, I discovered impact investing. And that's when I realized, okay, you know, and, and in those 10 years, our capitalist system has gotten even more crazy and extreme. And so there's more evidence that business really has to play a role. I mean, not that it didn't exist in the early 2000s, but every year it continues to get worse and worse. So um, I really felt compelled to do something on that. And that's when I discovered B Corps. So and that's the beginning of the end of the story. <laughs> So my God, that I mean, going through, so investment banking and finance is a, is it is a different world. It's crazy. I mean, I come from a little bit of that, more so from from the marketing side, um, and working with the companies that have the big valuations. And you're right. It's just, hey, what's our 
you know, what's our series B going to be? What's our series C going to be? And it's, it's always just focused on that, whatever that number is and how can you raise that money? Where did you kind of see that problem being able to be solved? I mean, because impact investing now, I think in, in the right circles, a lot of people are very familiar with it, but it's kind of been something that I think has been getting a lot of traction over the last like five to 10 years. But before that, what was kind of that mindset in, in that world? Because big business and small business, I think, is a bit different in terms of the mindset. Right. Well, that's the thing is it wasn't anything that was viewed when I was working in business. It wasn't viewed as something that should be. So it was really just, oh, you know, there are there are government laws that impose certain restrictions on what business can do. And then there's philanthropy that helps solve um, other problems and NGOs and it really was, you know, there was some thought about a triple bottom line, but I would li literally like to prove that and say that, you know, that's not something that makes any sense. It's because, as you were just saying, that number is so important and there still really is no clean solution. There's no, there's no like you have your gap number and, you know, there are a lot of metrics and SASB and stuff, but you have your gap number and your valuation and your metrics at all based on your financials. There isn't an equivalent for sustainability yet, but there are lots of them out there. Um, and I think that's part of the steps is figuring out how to incorporate metrics. And you know, there are so many directions this conversation could go in now, but one thing that it does make me think of, Danone for the past number of years has been very focused on sustainability and become, actually Danone North America became a B Corp, a lot of most of their subsidiaries did. Danone Worldwide was focused on becoming a certified B Corp. Mm -hmm. And activist investors decided, wait a second, they're not as profitable as they should be. Pushed the board of directors to oust the CEO who was leading mm -hmm. a lot of that, right? God. <laughs> so the fundamental problem with our, our market system is that if investors who aren't, if you run a business that is successful, and still meet sustainability goals, if there's room for their, their, the increased financial margin, the activist investors are going to get you. So which shows that we, you need to have stronger boards of directors. And then also there needs to be, in addition to these metrics that I alluded to, to identify how companies are doing on, on impact-related metrics, it, the answer may be just providing more, requiring more of a cost to companies that don't meet them so that the, there is some actual financial impact, whether it's carbon offsets or something mm -hmm. along those lines that really penalize them financially for not meeting social and environmental goals. But this is a long way off. I think we have a lot more, I forget what the name of the, um, the activist investment firm is, but we have a lot more of those situations that are going to happen before there's really is a, enough coalescence around the solution. But the more people we get involved in impact investing, and wanting to see ESG metrics met by companies that the you know it will continue to evolve. Yeah, I mean that's the saddest part is just seeing you know these founders who have incredible ideas and set out to change the world, and then the people that helped fund it are just like, no, we're just gonna we're gonna go this way because um, we we want to profit. Um, and it's so it's interesting to see the shift. Um, you can see the motivation from each side, but. You know, it's. I think the world's at a point right now where you know change has to be made, and it has to come from people who are making those bigger decisions, um, because it's coming from the small side too. 
And I think the big side, I, they're starting to kind of take it on, but it's kind of like that drop in the bucket kind of thing that's happening where it's like, we're going to, we're a part of this, but we're really not. Um, and I've kind of noticed that across the board. Um, for you, I mean, where did sustainability come from? Was it something that you kind of had in your childhood? Was it something you kind of discovered? So, yeah, I mean, I did take a traditional business path in my career after college, but I've always been very progressive. You know, I grew, grew up in the 70s and 80s to date myself with my mom, recycling and composting and making foods from scratch and, you know, like everything that now is like seen as part of life, you know, <laughs> but it was surprising then. She would literally like go to the dump with our recycling and put stuff in the things. So she, she definitely had that sustainability mindset. Both my parents were very um, progressive politically. I've always been involved in politics. So it's really just been making the world a better place has kind of always been one of my goals, even if learning about business and, and securing my basic, I guess I was, you know, thinking back 25 years, I guess I was securing my future, making sure that, you know, I had a stable income and I, I actually loved what I did. Um, and I love what I do now even more, but, you know, my underlying goal has always been to do something to have a positive impact on the world. Yeah. So talk a little bit more about that. So you, you decided to leave and you wanted to just go your own way. What was that process like where you're like, kind of like that last month of, of working and, and before you're consulting, what did that look like where you were kind of like, okay, what do I really want to do? Right. Oh, well, there were a number of years between working at in investment banking mm -hmm. and starting my consulting firm. So mm -hmm. that was a process of going part-time for a little while, then realizing, you know, it just wasn't going to work out, taking my severance package and doing nothing, doing PTA stuff. Um, and as I mentioned, some nonprofit consulting. And then when I discovered B Corps, I realized I, I was debating between whether to use my direct financial background um, and do something in investing or helping companies find investments. And it was this was in 2014. And at the same time, this was when some of the larger private equity firms like uh, Bain Capital Impact was launched. There were a couple of other large impact funds launched. So all of a sudden there were hundreds of millions or billions of dollars looking for impact investments. But if you look at the public markets, what's considered an impact investment is like is screening out, um, screening for different criteria. And you get the same bucket of 20 companies, no matter how you screen and based on, you know, what, what types of programs they have in place. And they're not really truly impactful companies. And I realized growing the awareness of something like B Corp, it's an amazing infrastructure around impact that in, in other ways doesn't exist at the scale, even though it's still very small. They really have the infrastructure there to enable investors, consumers, employees to identify, okay, this is a good company that I wanna align myself with. With the goal that as they become, as they proliferate, more and more companies will wanna become B Corps. And even if they don't, they're gonna improve their social and environmental impact in the process. And then as more because they will grow, they'll get more funding, and then there will be more, it will just grow the ecosystem. Kind of like 
when farms were pushed to be organic. That was a huge process and a lot didn't do it. But then when you saw that, oh, consumers will pay a little more for the apple with a sticker that has the nine on it because they know that it's organic, then the organic movement has grown tremendously since that happened, even as cumbersome as it seemed, and it still is cumbersome. Many, many farms choose not to do it. You know, it's not a perfect system, neither is B Corp. But, um, but that's the ultimate goal in, in building, in my mind, in helping grow the B Corp ecosystem. So it was a long process. I actually took a course online with Ryan Honeyman from Lyft Economy on B Corp Consulting to learn more about it. At that point, I wasn't necessarily convinced that I was going to be a consultant. But um, then eventually I decided that was as that was the best um, business to get started. Also, I live in Connecticut, where until a couple of years ago, there were only three certified B Corps. But we have an, an, an economic environment here where you would think we have a lot because there's a lot of, pro, you know, we're a very blue state, a lot of progressive mindset, also a lot of wealth. But there was really just no awareness of it. So now we're up to over 10. And you know, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to get it started, because I wanted to build a community here, um, which is something that we're, we're working on now, is establishing Connecticut Be Local and continuing to raise the awareness here in Connecticut, though our clients are, are national and international. Yeah. So tell me about your firm that you did start. So you finally decided you were going to start a firm. What was that like when you when you first started? Was it Was it kind of overwhelming? Was it exciting a little bit of both because i mean when you start when you start your business there's a little bit of like this well will it catch or am i just like kind of going down this path but you have this motivation to just keep going forward no matter what a lot of the testing the value proposition phase that was a long phase as well as learning creating the product um working with test clients um it it was it was a very slow process and luckily I was able to have the patience to really build our offering before worrying about you know, charging a lot and making sure that it's a sustainable business. But, but it's been, you know, that's, that's been part of the evolution of the business is figuring out, okay, is this a viable, do customers want this? And I kind of knew they did since Ryan offered this course, I knew that, you know, but you know, was I going to be able to talk to the types of companies that were interested in certification and also wanted the help that we could offer because there's really a sweet spot. A lot of, if you're big enough, you can put a whole team of people on the certification and, and execute it easily yourself. Or if you're really small, the application isn't that hard, but somewhere in between, it gets really cumbersome. And once you embark on it, you realize what, this is a tough process. You have a lot of follow-up to do. I don't know if you've ever looked at the impact assessment, but it's so robust mm -hmm. and requires a lot of documentation that is overwhelming. So we tested out the business case actually with, um, she wasn't a friend of mine then. I didn't know her very well then, but I knew of this local product called Worthy Blends. You should check them out. It's a mm -hmm. vegan blend of vegetables, fruits, seeds, beans in like a yogurt style container. Um, mm -hmm. So you're getting like, it's kind of like a vegan smoothie, but in a yogurt consistency. And it's also, um, it doesn't have to be refrigerated. So it's shelf stable, that's the term I was looking for. Yeah, so you can like bring it with you on the train or wherever you're going, stick it in your bag and they taste good. They have a good balance of sugars and proteins. And anyway, they're, they're pretty healthy. So I, I had known this product because I'd seen it in some local stores because one of the co-founders is from a neighboring town. I was like, that company should be a certified B Corp. 
And so I reached out to her. I was like, look, I have this theory that companies want help with this process. Can I help you out? And so I did that for her for free. And she was my first client. She became certified. They're much more widespread now. You should check it out. Worthy blends. Mm -hmm. They're delicious. <laughs> um, so that's really, you know, so then from there we were, I, I had one um, independent contractor who was working with me and it's like, okay, this works. We have our materials. Let's just go out there and talk to other companies. That's awesome. T tell me a little bit about your company and, 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 you know, who's involved and, and how it's kind of structured and what, what's your overall mission? I know it's to help companies get certified B, B Corps, but there's also a lot more of that goes into consulting. You start to have conversations outside of that and, you know, you bring in your knowledge of finance and building a business and you can help people in a lot of ways. So what does that look like for your company? Uh, well, the, the way we're structured now is um, it's myself and I have two consultants and they, they primarily do the uh, work with the clients, the direct work. So going through the impact assessment, helping them get certified, whereas I do more of the office work and strategic thinking. And I also do work with clients when it comes, you know, there's this legal, one thing we haven't really covered is the basics of B Corp certification, but maybe we can talk about that after. But yeah, yeah, there's definitely. this legal requirement. Um, so there's always questions around that. And I'm not a lawyer, but I, since it's governance related, my finance background helps me have an in-depth knowledge of that. So I do help um, companies when they have questions about the legal requirements, um, as well as, so I, well, I'm not doing directly anything in financing companies. I do have a network of people I know who are interested in companies and uh, it's, it is in my background. So I do, I'm always happy to engage kind of on an unofficial basis with, with companies in the discussion of, oh, okay, what should I do? How should I approach this? Should I crowdfund? Should I reach out to angel investors? Do you know anyone in the space who might be interested in my firm? And, and but that's not, directly related to impact growth partners that's really just what i do because i love it and i ultimately want to see these businesses succeed um and then in terms of the mission of impact growth partners well the the specific focus is on b corp certification and the tool is the b impact assessment the goal is really improving social and environmental impact so we will work with companies that may not be quite ready for b corp certification but by going through this process these couple of hundred questions that identify areas across governance, your, the, your impact on the community, your suppliers, your employees, how you treat your customers, what the mission of your business is. They're, they're so in-depth. You identify, in the environment, of course, you identify ways that you can do better. And many of them are practical. Many of them are just, oh, why aren't I doing that? My company could do that. That's something that I, sh I never thought of. So even if it's not a huge sea change in the way a company, in what a company's business model is, it's incremental steps to make the company more impactful. So is that kind of the, the story of how to, you know, make a bigger impact? Is it those incremental steps? Um, because I think a lot of people think it has to be a hard stop and suddenly you're, you know, a sustainable company. And, but a lot of these companies have, they have big supply chains and they have supply chains that do have an, an environmental impact. They do have an economic impact. And if they just shift, it has a huge impact on the business. So what does that kind of look like in terms of I guess the mindset of the company and how they can, because some of, some of them are a little bit more exposed to the public and can fall under a lot of scrutiny, um, and some it takes time. Like um, even even just with this, if 
you know, Bill Gates's new book that he just came out with, he's he's talking a lot about, hey, this is a long journey. Like this isn't going to be an overnight switch. Um, so how does that look in, in terms of your work? Well, the book that I would refer you and everyone to is Vincent Stanley's book on the responsible company about Patagonia, because it shows you that Patagonia, which now is the flagship for sustainability, it did not start out that way. It was an evolution. You know, they started out as this mountain climbing equipment company without thinking about who their suppliers were. And as they became aware of things, they realized that that was going to be integral to their mission. So even for Patagonia, it's been a you know, decades long process to become to, to get to where they are. So for any company now, you know, in some ways it's much easier to make changes because there is a lot more transparency. If, if a company realizes, oh, this, this um, supplier really isn't meeting goals, say they decide they want to um, screen their suppliers for certain requirements and they realize the supplier is not meeting certain goals. There are many now that are paying attention to things like this and do proactively um, advertise what their social and environmental impact is and are willing to disclose it. So it's a lot easier than it was a, even a decade ago, I, I would say. It's moving fairly quickly where companies are being pushed to, um, to make these business model changes. But unless there is, I would say it, it is most of the time going to be very gradual and the change will, will happen other than when there are large actors involved, whether it's a group of companies that realize that they have a specific goal and need to change um, change how something is done. Like an example is palm oil deforestation and making that process more sustainable. That was driven by a huge group of, of it was, wasn't just, it was NGOs and governments, governments and um, businesses that were using palm oil as an input, which is are is very ubiquitous. So those there are examples like that, or a government may impose a regulation that will make bigger changes. Um, but so I think they kind of go hand in hand, and as the smaller changes are made, it will make enough of the bigger players aware of it to say, you know what, that's something we can do. Let's make it happen. Let's make a bigger change happen. So as you guys have developed as a company, has it become a little bit easier to, I guess, like guide these companies along that pathway to becoming B Corp certified in a, in a more, I guess, efficient way? Or is it, is it still the same problem? Um, well, it, it really depends on the company and how they're organized, uh, what their process, internal processes are. The individual within the company we're working with, every process is unique and different. So you know, we can work with um, a sustainability officer in one company who wants to answer everything themselves and then realizes after a while that it's really not gonna work, then brings other people in. Or we can work with a COO type who brings all the people in who need to answer all the questions right away. And in terms of the impact they're making, some companies have have already thought a lot of these things through. So they're, they already have almost an impact business model, whereas others don't and are relying more on their operations to get them the points that they need. So it's, it really varies. Mm -hmm. I mean, in terms of our ability to guide clients through the process, it gets easier because we've been through the assessment so many times that we know what what 
broad issues can come up and what we need to address. But again, the questions that come up for every company in their operations and reflecting those in the impact assessment are different every time. What do you think is the biggest hurdle to get over with, with companies nowadays? Is it is it the fundamental shift of some of their business model or is it really just being open to it? So that, that's a great question. So, so some questions, some companies are going to have a business model that never in and of itself is going to be an impact business model, but they can make change. Not never, I shouldn't say that, but their goal is not to have a business model that you know, for each dollar they sell is going to be make a difference, mm-hmm. but they can operationally do things that are making a big difference. And then other companies, and it's much easier for these to get certified already, you know, whether it's a green energy company or a company that serves nonprofits or a company that is making a product that's all organic, they are already doing something that puts them more favorably in the area of, okay, you are having an impact. But change for any of them, is really about awareness and then identifying the path. So a great example is that, you know, we've worked with the most amazing companies on the environmental and health side um, that are really aware of of issues around sustainability and want to make sure that they're, they're doing the best they can on those environmental areas. That's awesome. And and where do you just see this, this path going? So I think now, I mean, I was, just watching tv the other day and there was um there's a commercial from mercedes-benz saying hey we're we're taking wind energy and we're going to make our entire manufacturing by 2022 renewable um you have people making huge steps where do you think that big impact is going to come from is it gonna i I know it's environmental and social and governance and you have to kind of hit all three of those but where do you think, is it more consumer-led? Is it more business-led? And which of the environmental social governance is kind of, you think, going to lead the charge, if you will? Well, an environmental right now is is the area with the most momentum, I would say, because investors are paying a lot of attention to it. There is a clear business case around it. Um, you know, you adopt clean energy technologies. There's obviously the environmental case that many people... In, in the investing world, recognize the science behind environmental change and want to have a positive impact in that area. But they also see from a financial perspective, it will make sense in the long term to convert to renewable energy or you know, create a product that is more recyclable or reusable. And so that, that I, so I see E as being the one that is really leading right now um, or has been for the past decade or so. And investors are paying more attention to it. There's, a, you know, you've seen BlackRock and the Business Roundtable, you know, they, they've made their statements about making sure that all stakeholders are being considered. But most of the action is really around environmental screening and making sure companies are meeting um, environmental targets or divesting from fossil fuels. Maybe they haven't all gone that far, but but that's ultimately the goal. It's, for some reason, it's easier easiest right now for investors to take action around that. But there's obviously a big movement now around social. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I think that's still a big uphill battle. Um, I think it, there's going to need to be increasingly more awareness among consumers about what can be done. Governments need to put in place more regulations. And we're speaking from the U.S. perspective here, but 
you know, I do think that's something that will will need to change over time, depending on what happens with the economy. But I, I think that's really important. And then go- governance, as I said before, governance is what's really going to drive is is really the only thing that's going to ultimately drive change in how our financial markets operate towards companies that are pursuing something other than just profit. So that's a really critical change. Again, it's in the works, but a long time. I think it's going to take a long time for that to really evolve, but it is happening. And, you know, there are a number of players in the space. There's the benefit corporation legislation. More and more companies uh, are that are public are becoming benefit corporations, whether or not they're certified B Corps, but the benefit corporation requirement requires you to take into consideration all stakeholders, not just shareholders. Uh, boards of boards of directors are being encouraged to and being populated by people who care more about these things, so will help make decisions that support them. Um, and again, ultimately, it's a matter of just making sure that there are protections from investors who want to change how a company is operating because there's a little bit more profit to eke out. So I, that to me is the silver bullet, but it's going to be a long time coming. Definitely. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of a mix of all three. And and I think you you hit the nail right on the head that awareness is kind of the biggest piece of it. Um, a lot of people just haven't been surrounded by the information or aware um, or even been given the opportunity to just kind of see how everything, I mean, every all their business practices affect the bigger ecosystem. And when it comes to community, I, I always find community is something to come back to. The, the B Corp community, my understanding is that it's incredibly supportive and it's kind of almost like a Hey, we're all in this together, kind of, kind of feeling. How do you think community plays a role in in just like the growth of an idea and the spreading of an idea? Is it kind of like that that flash mob idea where like one person leads and then everybody's like, "Oh, sweet, I'm actually part of this," or you know, is it something where everybody's kind of going together? Well, that's the beauty of the B Corp community is that everyone in it is going in the same direction together. So, whereas there certainly are dynamics where there is one leader who who um, pursues something and others follow. One of the reasons everyone loves to be a certified B Corp. And while there are so many very tangible benefits to becoming certified, really the one that comes up most ubiquitously, regardless of the size of the company, the industry they're in, is just being exposed to and working with and connected to leaders who have the same long-term goals. That being said, within the B Corp community, there are specific action and activist areas where if you are passionate about a certain thing or have an idea, you can create your own community within a community and lead programs towards climate change or diversity or and racial justice. There's a number of different act, action areas going on led by different groups. So it can be a hybrid of that. But you know, I would say everyone is, is trying to get to the same end goal, which is really rewarding feeling. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I think the the community aspect of it is so cool um, because you kind of you feel like, hey, I believe in this and I'm willing to make the change and I'm not alone in that journey. And I think that sometimes when when things do get difficult, I mean, it's 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 easy for companies to make that easy choice of, well, I'll just choose this supplier because it's it's cheaper. It's easier. Um, and I can make more profit at the end of the day, which maybe one day I'll invest in in more things. But 
you know, does that day ever come? You know, it's kind of taking that leap and going for it. And I think having that community around it is really important. When it comes to actually, you know, having a culture inside a company, does it is it important to hire, I guess, people with that similar mindset? Or is it part of, you know, fostering a community of growth where you're like, hey, I know you may not be aware of this, but let's show you something different. No, I think the showing is, is really important. So within the company, it can come from the leader who, who feels passionately enough about their mission that, you know, most likely you're going to attract people who want to be working for a mission-based company. And that's in and of itself a reason companies that may not be on the face of mission-based do become a certified B Corp because it's a way for, you know, say a, a staffing agency or something. Like, how are you going to compare the, the two, oh, I want to work with this one because it's a certified B Corp. And you know that they are doing something, you may not know what, but something that is is operating in a way that's responsible and thinking about their employees, the environment, and their community. While you're likely to get people who are mission-based, it's infectious. So even if you hire someone who may not know much about what your mission and your goals are, the more they learn about it, the more it becomes something that they are really driven by. Um, and I think the more, you know, both internally within IGP as in the people that I work with here and the companies we, we work with, the more we educate, the better. And that's one of the core things we do with the larger companies where there's gonna be multiple players. And we really wanna make sure that the certification just isn't achieved and then the staff doesn't know why. The more the staff knows about what being a B Corp means to the company, um, the more excited they get and it, it just proliferates throughout the organization. So what what is the benefit of becoming a B Corp? Okay, there are so many and you know we, mm -hmm. we didn't go through all of the basics of becoming a B Corp, but- We can dive in if you want, totally fun. It identifies you as all of these things I've said, that you're doing good, socially and environmentally, you're doing good things. So you go into Whole Foods and you see your your Horizon milk versus your another milk, like, oh, it's a B Corp, may as well buy, you know, maybe I should pay attention to them. But, and actually a lot of retail environment or retailers are starting to, whether on their online platform or in store, kind of identify oh, these are certified B Corp. So it really does contribute to awareness if you're a consumer products based. If you're, if you're a B2B company and when I need someone to do something, you know, a service for my business, like create a new logo or something, oh, let me go on to bcorporation.net, look and see what other certified B Corps there are because I want to be working with other like-minded businesses. So it's a, from a B2B perspective, it's a great way to identify like-minded like businesses. For any company, there's a lot of press around it because B Lab is always doing their own press. I mean, anytime there's an article about certified B Corps, you see Patagonia, seventh generation, method listed. So that's just, that identification is always made there. But if there's any other local or more specific press, your company may get brought into some article that, it, that is brought up. There's the community that B-Lab creates. There's events, they used to be in person, they'll go back to be being in person, but there's a lot of online events and educational. In, in the beginning, a year ago, in the height of COVID, B-Lab, completely shifted gears and put all of their resources towards helping their certified B Corps companies navigate through getting the PPP, 
you know, healthcare issues. It was really amazing to see them shift like that and really be there for their companies in that time, you know, slashing, giving discounts on fees and delaying recertification requirements because they wanted to make sure that the businesses themselves thrived. So that gets to the benefit of having gone through this process and acting in a way B Corp does just really makes you think about your business in a long-term way and identifying all your stakeholders and building relationships with them. So when times are rough, they're they're more likely to be there for you. If you have a deep relationship with your suppliers, you get better communication from them if there's news that you should know about. They will hopefully be better positioned to service serve you through a, a challenging time. So it really deepens those networks. It really makes you stronger as a business because you've put the time in to think about how to establish the relationships with stakeholders. As I mentioned, you have to legally change your documentation. So you're really changing your DNA as a business to say that the bottom line is not going to be the only important thing. Of course, to be as successful business, you need to be financially sustainable as well, but you are going to take into consideration other other stakeholders. Let's see, um, there are more. The measuring that I mentioned. A lot of companies use the impact assessment just to measure and meet certain targets to say, okay, this is how I'm doing environmentally. Find your KPIs, write a report, uh, communicate to external stakeholders that, okay, these are some things that I'm doing and I'm going to improve and do better. I'm sure I'm missing some things, but as I mentioned, the, the local community is important. It would be locals and leading a movement, just being part of this movement. There's only just under 4,000 certified B Corps right now. It's grown a, a lot over the past five to 10 years, but it's still tiny. So mm-hmm. if you get on board now as part of this movement, you're really leading us into the future and part of this great community. I love that. There are so many... I guess, intangible benefits that do come across from, from, you know, becoming B Corp certified as well and, and joining a community that's, you know, committing to doing things differently. I, I think that there's a lot of value in that, that you can get out of it personally. And as an, as an individual that, you know, as a consumer, you're looking to buy things in your everyday life. How can a consumer be more mindful about you know, whatever they're purchasing, do you just look for the B Corp label? Is Are you looking for other things? You know, what what is that thing as a consumer? How can you kind of help in that if you're like, look, I don't have any control over whether I'm, I can personally be a B Corp because I don't run my own company. I just work for a company. We might be B Corp certified. I, I don't really have an involvement in that. So, so you're asking like, how can a consumer, should a consumer think about it? Yeah. Like how would a consumer put it in their everyday life? certified now to make that the, the choice. And, but a lot of companies are, you know, doing advertising, whether it's on their packaging or not, saying what they're doing that's good and what's not. But a lot of it can also be greenwashing. So you do have to be careful about what you're reading. Um, so, so if you're really um, focused on making sure that your purchases and product usage is moving towards sustainable and not greenwashed and and as good for the environment as it can be, the environment and other areas as it can be, is to use third-party resources like um, EWG, Environmental Working Group. They rank all of their, a lot of products based on environmental impact and health. 
There's a company called How Good that also looks at the supply chain and the ingredients and all kinds of products. So there are, there are a number of different groups that are doing this research for you. Sometimes it's easier to, to find, sometimes it's harder to find, but they're in even aspiration, you know, has this credit card that you can like scan your product and you can see how it ranks or if it ranks. I think that's really limited to companies that are have publicly available data. So, mm-hmm. you know, none of them are, none of them is perfect, but if you really care, do that research. The other thing I'd think about is as you're purchasing a product, thinking, think about, you know, it's that whole reduce, reuse, recycle mindset. Like, mm-hmm. don't buy it if you don't need it. If it's not something that can be reused or you can't find a way to reuse it, definitely recycle it. But, you know, try to minimize new consumption. Mm-hmm. You know, that's harder to live by than it is to think about. But, the, you know, the more you start thinking about it, then, they, then little by little you start implementing it. Yeah, I mean, I think we're such a consumer-driven culture. I mean, a lot of products I think nowadays are just made quickly and not made to last. Um, And part of sustainability, I think, is making something last. And a lot of people miss out on that. They're like, oh, you can just, you can recycle it. It's fine. But 9% of everything has ever been recycled. So it, it just gets lost in that system and people feel good about it on one end, but the other end, it's not being talked about or shown or anything like that. Um, It's so easy to recycle, but it's harder to reuse and it's even mm-hmm. harder to reduce but we need to keep up in our game in all of those areas so what's your favorite part of what you do day to day so now that you've kind of grown a company um, you have an awesome client base you know what what brings you joy day to day in what you do um, learning about everything my, the companies we work with are doing. Um, I don't all, I'm not always the ones that, ones that have the initial conversations because my consultants are, are working all directly, but the information they may send me or ask me about because they often want my input on how to help evaluate something, I'll just be like, wow, that is so amazing that they're doing that. Because it's not always out in the public domain, all of the the level that companies are going to to evaluate their supply chain or to ensure that their ingredients are non-toxic or bring workers in from a certain um, underrepresented group or um, building local. It's, you know, you, you may buy something for a company that you know, you know is good, but it, it's the working with these leaders who are doing more and more and really aspire to do more is, is, um, that I would say is my favorite, even though that's a little bit indirect, but directly it's um, just learning from and being part of this community. I mean, yesterday I spent a couple of hours you know, learning from a group on the sustainable development goals and then another group that is looking at academic research and how B Corp is impacting that. So just this whole discipline is, is really full of amazing people and thought leaders and so just being able to be a part of that is so inspiring that's really cool i mean and and it's so rewarding to be able to think be a part of that change as well i mean i think a lot of people miss out on the fact that you know as a consultant you're guiding these people along this journey um and and that there's so much value in in kind of being that person that's that's helping them along that journey because it's it's hard. It's it's not easy, and for a lot of companies, it's a little bit scary. Um, and for them to find comfort in working with you and Impact Growth Partners, like that's that's huge. Um, and and I guess what is your hope for 
I guess the future of either business, consumers, the world, whatever it may be, like what's kind of your hope for a more sustainable future? What What do you see? More, more equity. You know, whether that comes from the decisions businesses make or what government governments impose. I mean, hopefully, it comes from business decisions as well. Um, thinking about is are my impacts on the environment the right ones? You know, or do, am I going to make the cheapest versus making the cheapest, quickest pro- product that's going to um, be bad for the environment? So that's really where. I mean, it's it's not going to happen anytime soon, but little by little, more and more companies are going to be making decisions that um, improve equity across the board. And hopefully we'll be in a place at some point where we're comfortable with how our businesses operate. I like that. Equity is a good word. It's a great word. Um, so how can people kind of get a hold of you um impact growth partners what what does that look like how do you connect with you guys uh well the easiest way is just email me at jen at impactgrowthpartners.com or we have a form on our website you can contact follow us on linkedin or instagram the content is different on both but on instagram you know you'll learn a lot about the companies we work with and other specific b corp stuff it's it's um and then on linkedin we provide a lot more in-depth um information. Uh, so those are the best ways. Um, I'm always, as I mentioned before, educating is our goal. So, you know, if, if you work for a company that may be interested in learning more, you don't have to only reach out to us. If you know you want to hire a consultant to work through B Corp certification, we're more than happy to get on the phone, do a Zoom with you guys, teach you all about it. Um, go through all the nuts and bolts of what, what it takes to become certified. And then you can think about whether or not you pursue it. And becoming a certified B Corp is something that a company can do on their own for free. It's a free process. Once you are certified, you do have to pay B Lab an annual fee based on your revenues. But you don't have to use a consultant like us. We, are, we just exist because there are enough companies that really want to make sure they get to the end goal and realize they need a little bit of assistance with it and it'll help them stay on track and you know understand what the goals are and be in a good position to get certified so um our goal you asked about igp's goal in terms of um long term is it's not just to build igp as a business but it's really to build the the world of certified b corps and because b lab is doing so many amazing things i don't know if you saw there was they just announced a, a White House initiative on inclusive economy. So they're asking for a division of the NEC to actually focus on a specific set of, of um, business-related goals. So you know they're they're doing such amazing things that it, that I love being a part of what B Lab is doing, even if it's peripherally. That's awesome. Do you remember your first sustainable product that you purchased? That was that was considered sustainable, or that was. Since I grew up with a very sustainable mother, I, you know, she was the one going to the local co-op called Edge of the Woods in New Haven. It's still there, amazing store, but with her like re- reusable bags. Um, when in the eighties, when there, you know, that was not mainstream at all. So she probably imposed some of that stuff on me without me even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I guess 
consciously, I would probably say when my kids were really young um, and start, I was starting to pack them lunches and snacks for daycare or wherever and making sure that everything I had was not, we also, we, we try to be conscious of like chemicals and stuff in the household. So not just plastics, but like what, what were the right products to make sure that we weren't using plastic bags or even something that's reusable, that's not healthy. Um, and so we have these amazing stainless steel lunchbox type things in all different sizes that now my kids are 11 and 14 and I still use them in their lunches. So I've had the same products for 10 years, haven't, or more than that, um, haven't had to buy new ones. And so I think that's probably one of the early things I can remember being super conscious about making sure that we weren't creating more waste and also having something healthy for the family. That's awesome. And now they're trendsetters because stainless steel um, lunchbox containers are now in. So everybody's like, oh, my God, I want those things. Yep, that's really, really cool. Um, well, I mean, I think that kind of wraps up everything. I just wanted to say thank you so much for just being a part of this. Um, I think for so many businesses and people, for them to learn more about B Corp and, and specifically just the value that it brings in the community that it builds and the change that can be made from it is is just incredible. Um, and so I just wanted to thank you for just being a part of this and sharing your story and your knowledge with everybody. Well, thank you for your thoughtful questions. I was expecting to just be doing a recap of, you know, what B Corp certification is. Um, and since we didn't get to all of those details, I'm, you know, I'm happy, anyone who's listening to this, please reach out. I'm happy to share them. Um, but your questions were very in-depth and thoughtful and forcing me to think outside the box about my passion and strategies and goals. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, my my favorite part about doing this is is getting to know people and, and talking to people. Um, because at the end of the day, like no matter what your business is, no matter what your goals are, like we're all people at the end of the day. And I think that everybody has a very, very unique story and a very, very unique background. And when you can take that with a passion, that's when something really happens. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sustainable Goat. And thanks again to Jen for taking the time to talk B Corps and sharing with us the road that we are all on to a more sustainable world. And if you want to connect with Jen and her team, there'll be links in the show notes. And if you haven't thought about either purchasing products from B Corps or getting your company certified, hopefully this helps in making that decision easier. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Sustainable Goat.